Jordan! <laughs> Who decided to become a paranormal investigator, found out it wasn't all it was cracked up to be, bought a drug farm, and now sells coke to businessmen. Steve Harvey? <laughs> no! Two guys! What? <laughs> And welcome to episode 47 of Two Guys What's Up. We are still in the same room. We are getting drunker <laughs> as the night goes on. Speak for yourself. Yeah, f*** off. As is the usual for these kind of nights that we have where we record in bulk. We have a couple going on. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm, I'm as good as I was five minutes ago. Yeah, I was literally going to ask, has anything happened in the last five minutes of note? <laughs> anything? No. I enjoyed a nice piece of garlic sausage pizza. I went for a wee. Excellent. I think it took me about an hour to get through the intro to this episode because the alcohol is just dissolving my brain. Should be used to it. I really should be, shouldn't I? <laughs> but at last I am not. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, Jordan, so just jumping into the fucking good stuff, me old pal. What have you got coming up for us? Ah, there is something I want to mention there. Oh, God. Right, well, I will just rewind. Tell me some stuff, Jordan. I do have a very current pressing topic that oh I need God. to get by you. Right, bloody hell, tell me, mate. Penguin biscuits, have you heard? Is this going to be the bourbon thing? It is. About the whole idea that penguin biscuits are just bourbon biscuits yep. covered in an outer layer of chocolate and then, yes. of course, the fondant in the middle. Uh. So I thought we'll test it. Oh, shit. Just so you know, I'm deathly allergic to bourbons. Okay, well, it will be the last thing you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so I have with me two bourbon, well, maybe bourbon, Pop penguin biscuits. Potentially bourbons. And I thought we could just find out once and for all. I cannot wait, mate. Okay. Love me that penguin. Okay. First of all, first things first, tell joke. me the joke on yeah, the back. I knew it. <laughs> so, Ian, why was the penguin popular? He did it all. Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> he was popular because he was an ice guy. Oh! Hey, there we go. Right, here's my joke. One sec. How does a penguin build its house? Um, don't know. It glues it together. Hey, that was a better one, to be Very fair. Very Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do know I'm going to have to wash my hands after touching this I biscuit. I do, and I will have to as well. Did I tell you the reason? Because my OCD brain has, again, just latched onto this notion. I hate touching sweets. Yeah, I don't like sticky hands. Have I told you the reason why, though? No. <laughs> Don't say it, me pal. <laughs> Just because I don't know if I want to know. Uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure you'll be fine because you're, okay. you're pretty sane. But um, pretty. I, I, yeah, under thirty percent, you're fine. Right. I once read that a man put pop rocks, you know, yeah. the, the sweets, on his right, willy yeah. for a bit of fun time. Okay. But then, and I want this to be no indication of my hygiene regime. <laughs> but he didn't shower for or, or bathe for a week, right? Right. And it went mouldy and a bit weird. And he had to go to the hospital. And I mean, I don't know if this was just like sensational news or whatever. You know, a bit of fucking stick it on the news. It'll be... It's a slow day. Yeah. But I don't know if it's true or not. But I think he ended up having it removed because the, the sweets and the sugar just fucking turned it into one big candy dick. <laughs> right. So now, because my OCD brain tells me that could be a thing. Right. Whenever I get sticky hands, like, so if I eat a cookie, I'm like, can't touch anything until I've washed my hands. Right. right so I'm now going to get this chocolate bar out of its wrapper and I'm going to lick it in Wait, my hand. The chocolate bar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Depends where you put that penguin. But I'm going to have to wash my hands. So there will be a quick break. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Just letting you know. It isn't a Kit Kat, Ian. <laughs> Fucking, Took you a second there. That's hilarious, it? John. <laughs> <laughs> Tell another sweet orientated joke, please. <laughs> Should we get to licking? 
Yeah, please. <laughs> You've been sat there anticipating, like, fucking, just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for this. I guess we just get to snogging. <laughs> So Ian is right now rubbing it ferociously on his tongue. Vigorously. <laughs> wow. Uh, what we hear it. <laughs> don't eat the chocolate off. You're going to eat the top of the biscuit off. See, I don't know which bit it is. Is it on the inside or the well, outside? Imagine a bourbon covered in chocolate. Where would the bourbon be? Yeah, but is it going to be placed inside or outside? Well, it's not going to be inside out, is it? It's not going to be upside down. I don't know. I didn't make it. <laughs> I'll check the inside. You check the outside. <laughs> okay. Of uh, the same one. <laughs> I'll check your insides. <laughs> There's definitely no bourbon here. That's because you've eaten the whole thing, mate. You're fucking nice, though. Cadbury's, you've done it again. If only this bit wasn't the recording bit. It's well, I'm getting through the chocolate. It's like ASMR gone wrong. I so can what? see the holes. <laughs> Is that what you say when you start t***ing out? <laughs> Coming in for London, darling. I can see the holes. <laughs> Right, I am through the first layer of chocolate. Okay. I can see holes, but I can see no bourbon. There's nothing on the bottom layer either. Fuck me, we've been lied to. Would you like to double check? Yeah, please. <laughs> Have a lick, mate. <laughs> it's like, I taste hints of alcoholic. I've given up. No bourbon. No bourbon. No bourbon. Oh, I mean, no. I think it probably is just a bourbon biscuit. I mean, it doesn't have to be branded, does it really? The whole point is that it should have been branded. Oh, okay, right, fair enough. Well, no, we um, have come to the conclusion. No bourbon biscuits inside penguins. <laughs> inside the penguin biscuits or penguins. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, McVitie's make penguins. Mm-hmm. Who makes bourbons? Is it not awesome, McVitie's? I don't know. I think it is. I couldn't tell you. I'll Google. I'll tell you. I'm just doing some disgusting ASMR right now. You never know. Some people might be really into it, and it might be a new Patreon tier. <laughs> no, that can't be right. What company owns bourbon biscuits? Britannia. Don't they make water? I mean, maybe. I mean, Nestle make water. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> the greatest and most famous bourbon biscuit manufacturer is Britannia. I don't think I've heard of that. I think that's a lie. But screw you, Google. But then another one says McVitie's bourbon cream biscuit. Well, there we go. Yeah, I think there may be something in it. But I mean, why would you take the time to stamp a biscuit that's going to be covered in chocolate and probably eaten by children? Well, I guess the thought was that they would have just taken one already there and just dipped it in chocolate. Maybe it was a way for the factory to take rejects of the bourbons yeah. and turn them into a product. Or it's become a bit of a viral thing to sell more penguins, and I fell for it. And with that, I'm going to wash my hands. Nice. Because I don't want my dick falling off. <laughs> it's gone all mouldy already. All right, you feeling all clean? I think I'm a little bit better now, yeah? Excellent. So now you can touch your penis all you like through this. <laughs> As per the normal we record. <laughs> yeah. Just normally normally I don't get to see. <laughs> You're in luck tonight, mate. Let's hope I don't knock my microphone off the table. <laughs> so, Jordan, for all the fun and games we have coming up today, I would love to know, what is your content going to be centred around? Well, Ian, I think you'll enjoy it, because we have something beginning with N. Nipples. M. Nipples. <laughs> it rhymes with sad lips. Mad Libs! Yeah! No way! Yeah, yes. Ah, oh, complete shock. I did not expect that. Mad yeah. Libs part four. Oh, nice one. There you yes. go. Can't wait. Well excited. Might be crap, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to fucking rush through my content then. <laughs> yep, some guys, some, some people do some shit aliens in the end. Like, crack on. Mad Libs, here we go. <laughs> 
Perfect. Well, until then, Jordan, uh, I hope you enjoy what I've got coming up because I have a list of the weirdest and shittest cryptids. Amazing. Can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> you sat there writing words like, oh, what's, what's a good noun? Uh, uh, walking. Yeah, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> no, I am waiting patiently. I am ready. Cryptid me. Okay, Jordan. So here we go. Some of the world's worst and shittest cryptids. So today, Jordan, we are starting our tour in Norfolk, in the whimsical hamlet of South Lopham in Norfolk. In times of need and desperation, there is no need to wish upon a star or all of a sudden find some god because they have their very own fairy cow. This enchanting legend of the creature says that if the village and its people were ever unfortunate enough to find themselves pretty nearly fucked, this cow would happily trot in, ready to lend a helping hoof. Brilliant, I see what you did there. Picture this. A severe drought has South Lopham's throats drier than my wife's pants. <laughs> <laughs> Villagers are parched when all of a sudden, magically, and just in the nick of time, the fairy cow wanders in. All right, Mark, how's it going, Terry? You guys thirsty? Mildred, you fancy a glug of me old milk, pal? God, <laughs> you've made milk sound <laughs> awful. <laughs> That's right. Using her milk supply to rescue the villagers, like a bona fide bovine superhero, in times of dairy despair, this cow would swoop in and save the day. But as soon as the rains returned, she'd stomp her hoof on a stone, branding it like a cowtastic superhero emblem before vanishing into thin air. And with that, I am lactose intolerant. <laughs> You've ruined me! <laughs> <laughs> but next, Jordan. We head to Rendlesham in Suffolk. And I know what you're probably thinking, the Rendlesham Forest incident with all the aliens, but no! In the spooky, mysterious woods, there's a creature quite like no other. A creature that's been reported to be part dog, part bear, part ape. Jordan, meet the Shug Monkey. I don't think I want to. Too late. Here he is now. <laughs> <laughs> First reported in James Wentworth Day's 1954 book, Here Are Ghosts and Witches, but later seen by loads of folk. First off, a local constable named A. Taylor told our pal Wentworth Day his story. He described this critter as a mix between a shaggy dog, a monkey with big luminous shiny eyes, but it could walk on two legs at any moment, but then suddenly zip around on all fours. Sounds quite erotic, actually. <laughs> 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 Take that back. <laughs> Too late. It has been recorded for the annals of time. Nice. Fast forward to 1956, and Sam Holland got an accidental front row seat to the Shug Monkey Show. <laughs> Why did I write that? Oh, God. Nobody knows. Now that sounds erotic. But what did he see? A massive creature strutting around on four legs, all wrapped up in black fur, stretching around a whopping ten feet. It's pretty tall. But here's where the real spooky part happens. Seven years later, a woman named Peggy Cushing had her very own close encounter. She was happily plodding along outside when it popped out in front of her, but the shug monkey bastard didn't attack, it didn't run, it shimmered and shapeshift into a winged gargoyle right before her eyes and then soared off into the sky. Wow, okay, that's quite a testimonial though, isn't it? It seems like a really pointless thing to do, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, nothing occurred really. Yeah, it's like me meeting you in town. Like, hey Jordan, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see you in town and then just falling to the floor and going to sleep. <laughs> so, 
I didn't expect that. Yeah. But it hasn't achieved anything. It's like that hamster hibernation. Critters, man. <laughs> so now, we are in Cransworth, Norfolk. Have you ever been there? Or do you mean Cranworth? I don't know. Drunk. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> That's nothing to do with the drink. <laughs> I've never been there. No. No, me neither. Is that because you were always looking for Cransworth? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I can, see the, I can see the sign for Cranworth, but that's not where I want to be. Yeah. I think that's why. Just keep driving. <laughs> that's my wife. Oh, what was it? Yeah. Is she here as well? Yeah. <laughs> Just keep going, darling. It's the only time you ever hear her say that. One night in Cranworth, a farmer's wife was out for a moonlit stroll when all of a sudden she sensed something. She stopped and heard some distant, mysterious footsteps sneaking up behind her. She looked around, but couldn't quite make out of what was approaching. She carried on, returning home, when one last time, she spun around, and what did she see, Jordan? A donkey! But not just a normal donkey, it was on its hind legs, putting on a fine dance. A dance? A dance. Right. Doing the robot, you know, fucking having a little jig, moonwalking all around the show. Was it a foxtrot? A tango? The, the, Was don- the music? The donkey doodle. Oh, the donkey doodle, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> what the... still <laughs> on the TV. So wide-eyed and now in a panic, she raced back home. But those strange footsteps came over her, matching her every move. And at last, she reached the safety of her cottage. She quickly burst through and with a slam, she sealed herself inside. But through the night, curiosity got the better of her. She couldn't resist peeking out of the window to catch a glimpse of her peculiar follower. And what do you know? One time, Jordan, as she gazed into the clear, starry night, she got the surprise of her life. It wasn't just a donkey, it was a headless donkey, making its way through the field on a starlit wonder. So it was a dead donkey. It was headless. I assume not alive. That's why it's encrypted. Ah, okay. Does remind me, you know, my granddad used to say some really silly things. I mean, he didn't create them, but they were like nonsense poems. Okay. And I remember one, and the reason I'm remembering this is because it references a donkey. It was something like, I went around a straight crooked corner. Mm -hmm. I saw a dead donkey die. I took out my gun to stab it and it kicked me in the eye. That reminds me of that very famous one. Have you ever heard of the two dead men? No. I'll see if I can recite it from memory. One fine day in the middle of the night, two dead men got up to fight something about something and sucked off the other. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think somehow that ending was the correct thing. <laughs> Maybe that's just my mind <laughs> manipulating right. it somehow, but yeah, some, something like that. I love those nonsense poems. Anyway, sorry, yeah, that's nothing uh, relatable, but uh, reminded me with the said donkey. That's fine, absolutely fine, Jordan, because... You just interrupted me at one that I really had to read through because this is such a terrifying one and such an absolutely fucking crazy one. Okay, I'm ready. We are to read of the Phantom Rabbit of Thetford Warren Lodge, Norfolk. It is said that a large, huge even, ghostly white rabbit with flaming red eyes guards the doorway to a lodge and it is an omen of death to anyone that lays eyes on it. God. The end. Is that really the end? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. Shit little cryptid. Oh, <laughs> he lives right. in Norfolk, apparently. Some sort of phantom rabbit. Yeah. That's like when your wife says, no, I don't have one of those vibrating things. <laughs> it's a phantom one. <laughs> it's like, is my phone going off? I can hear a constant vibrating. <laughs> oh, must be a phantom rabbit. <laughs> but it sounds like, more like, oh, Yeah, she convulses a- <laughs> next to me. <laughs> 
Is that really the story? That is literally it. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. But next, Jordan, we are heading overseas to the States. I'm going there in December. Don't rub it in. Sorry. I can't afford to fucking go to Whitby. <laughs> you know, I can't get a fucking bus. But in the hemlock forests of northern Pennsylvania, if you're quiet, if you're lucky, you might just stumble upon a peculiar creature known locally as the squonk. This is a creature that is a bit of an oddball. Picture this, saggy skin, warts, moles, and webbed feet. This poor critter ain't a looker, that's for sure. <laughs> but here's the kicker, the little bugger knows it. Squonks are such crybabies, constantly blubbering because they are convinced of how so damn ugly they are. Oh, okay. The squonk, bless its little cotton socks, isn't exactly smart either. Following its trail of tears it leaves behind is supposedly the best way to track the bugger, so it's basically leaving a breadcrumb trail for anyone that wants to hunt it. Now, when the moon is out on cloudless nights, the squonk will go incognito. It moves as slow as possible, or just plonks itself in its den to avoid any surprising encounters with its own reflection in any body of water. Rumour has it that if you listen carefully, you can even sometimes catch the soft sobbing through the night. Mm, that's like me. <laughs> Whenever I go for a piss in the night, I have to close my eyes. Yeah. Not to keep the tiredness in, as you once declared, but to not see yourself. It is, yeah. I've had to tape up the mirror. My wife gets really annoyed. Can't do my hair, Jordan. I don't want to see my moobs. <laughs> I, I can't me. see my reflection for them, unfortunately. <laughs> Moob glasses. <laughs> But believe it or not, not many folks have had the chance to lay eyes on the elusive squonk, but there is a tale about a hunter named J.P. Wentling who pulled off the seemingly impossible. He mimicked the squonk's weeping wails, captured it in a bag, and headed home. But once home, he had a peek inside the bag and found that it was a puddle of tears and just a few bubbles that were in there. The squonk, it seems, dissolved itself into a puddle of its own tears. Right, I sort of misunderstood what you were getting at originally there because when you said he mimicked the squonk's weeping whales yeah captured it in a bag i thought you meant he was trying to capture the his whales within a bag oh Somehow, no no like so he, was he lured it into in. a bag got you he lured it in by going <laughs> and then caught the bastard in a bag got you but when he got back it was just a little puddle yeah, and this is backed up by other reports of people who tried to nab these critters and found that when cornered, squonks will literally turn themselves into puddles faster than you can say, Don't worry, ugly, I just want to pick with you. Oh, actually, sort of. The sort saddest of really creatures sad, yeah. on the face of the earth. Yeah. But finally, Jordan, we return to the UK and the Isle of Man. Ever been there? Never been there. Me neither. All right, okay. I was hoping you had a nice, exciting story. Once I was going to go there, I <laughs> didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Decided against it. Couldn't afford the bus fare. <laughs> yeah, I got paid, paid my bills, then cried. Because <laughs> I had four pounds. <laughs> Did you turn into a puddle of tears by any chance? Yeah, they call ah. me Squonk Ban. Uh, okay, fair enough. So back in the 1930s on the cosy island of the Isle of Man, at Dorlish Cashin Farmhouse, the Irving family had quite the curious tale to tell. You see, they started hearing peculiar noises coming from the walls of their stone house. At first, they suspected it was a mouse or some other tiny critter causing all the ruckus, 
But things took an unforeseen twist, for you see, they insisted that the creature behind the walls actually started talking to them. Right. And it introduced itself as Jeff, an 80-year-old mongoose hailing all the way from the land of New Delhi. Right. According to James, Margaret, and their teenage daughter, Viery, I think that's how it's pronounced, V-O-I-R-R-E-Y, Voyery? Voyery, yeah. Let's call it Kevin, going forward. <laughs> Jeff was not your ordinary mongoose. It had a high-pitched voice and could talk for days in loads of different languages nonetheless. It chatted with them, mimicked their conversations, and every now and then, tossed in a friendly threat. What is a friendly threat? If I didn't love you, I'd kill you. That's a, it's more of a statement than a threat, really, isn't it? Um, it's more like, could you please make me a cup of tea, or I'll stab you, you bastard. Is that friendly? Or is that just a I threat? I mean, it's a polite please, isn't it? And then a little bit of a threat afterwards. Um, I it is a bit elaborated on a little bit later. So okay. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there, sure? Deal, yeah. Nice. Nights of the Irving household were filled with Jeff's shenanigans, stories, late night chats, and they all rather quickly became buddies. Jeff, as it turns out, was a real charmer. Witty, worldly, and a bit of a tease. The family left out snacks for him and had lengthy heart-to-hearts. In return, Jeff took the role of the family's house helper, hunting rabbits, sharing legends, and telling fairy tales. I'll split the atom! I am the fifth dimension! I am the eighth wonder of the world, he'd proudly declare. And just when you thought things were getting weird, he'd reassure them. I could kill you all, but I won't. <laughs> right, okay. So there's your friendly threat. Okay, but I won't if you make me a cup of tea. <laughs> you just misquoted him, that's all. Yeah, sorry, most I forgot to add that bit. <laughs> Got you. Jeff had a soft spot for Kev, though. Probably known as Voyery. Talking mostly to her and choosing to sleep in her room at night, the unseen animal became popular and later became known as the Dolby Spook, named after the nearby village. The Irving family wasn't the type to spin tall tales though, and investigator Harry Price, known for debunking ghostly hoaxes, dropped in in 1935 along with a BBC staffer, and oddly enough, Jordan, Jeff decided not to speak to them. Oh, How convenient. Yeah. What a bastard, eh? What a bugger. Definitely must exist then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is total real. But the proof continues. Does it? To prove the paranormal, James Irving sent samples of Jeff's supposed hair, teeth, and claws to Price and Company, and it turned out they were from the family's sheepdog. Brilliant. So is that implying that it's all a load of bullshit, or that the sheepdog is Jeff? Or is that implying that Jeff knew that they were going to do this and replaced all the samples with the sheepdog's bits? <laughs> the sheepdog's bits. <laughs> Bits. <laughs> B-I-T-S, not piss. No, I didn't say piss. But you said piss. <laughs> no. Bits. Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely that, obviously, then. Yeah, it makes total sense. Of course. He's a, he's a wily mongoose, that fucking Jeff. <laughs> But despite the lack of evidence, the Irvings stuck to their mongoose story. James Irving was adamant, stating, Jeff unfortunately does exist. He is a cross that we have to bear. And they held their ground. The supporters chimed in, vouching for the Irvings as a down-to-earth, honest and modest family. And sometimes, Jordan, the weirdest tales are the ones that stick around the longest and the ones that are almost always definitely true. I think this one has to be 100% <laughs> Except for this one. <laughs> what was that, sorry? No, I had a little cough, mate. Oh, did you? Yeah. A little tickle? A little, little tickle in the old throat oh, Okay, there. yeah. Um, oh, I'm, <laughs> what was that, sorry? Nothing. Uh, no, nothing? Just, oh, yeah. I'm just hearing things. Yeah, just blow my nose. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Oh, right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I heard that one. You got that one, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that one. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I'm massively buying that one, especially when it got told it was the sheepdog hair. That is actually being made into a film starring Simon Pegg. Is it? Is it really? Yeah, uh, a film coming out this year called Nandor Fodor and Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Wow. Um, really, how much can they make that into a film? Well, I shortened it. <laughs> did, did, did you? Yeah. <laughs> there there was a point where Jeff the Talking Mongoose was caught beating off the dad. Oh, really? In the kitchen. But that's going to be for the extended director's cut, isn't that's it? That's the X-rated version. <laughs> Get on the table, Kevin. <laughs> you like that, don't you? It's the fact that you made the action with your hand then <laughs> and no one can see it. I talk with my hands a lot, okay? It's not on purpose. I'm not just a freaking weirdo. Well. So anyway. Is that what Simon Pegg is uh, getting started in then? Yep. Really? They, they use this, yeah, yeah. It's actually wow. going to be a film that's coming out soon. Interesting. Um, I'm not sure I'll be rushing to see it, to be fair, personally. Oh, I would love to see it. Are you actually going to watch it? Yeah, definitely. Probably wait till it comes out on Netflix. Or I, was say, I think I'll wait. I won't be rushing to the cinema. But yeah, sounds like a very interesting film. See how they spin it. Yeah, let me know. I will do. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that about brings around my little end to the shittest cryptids has been spotted around the world. Which one out of those do you think is the worst? Um, probably the the were rabbit or whatever it was called. Oh, the vibrating rabbit thing. The vibrating rabbit yeah the phantom rabbit that's the one that's the phantom rabbit i'd say for me it was the puddle creating one the one that's really kind of sad squonk yeah that's the one i love a good squonk it felt really sad actually yeah very very in in a weird way kind of makes you want to just go out and hug cryptids find a bigfoot and just you know suck him off (laughs) don't be sad buddy (laughs) it was the action again Just find an alien grey, like, bend over, mate. Let me give you a quick <laughs> room job. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to move away from that now. <laughs> right, so, Jordan, you've got some stuff for me. I can't remember what you said. Sad lips. Mad lips! That's yes! the one. Just right. Fucking, this requires a lot of effort. It and does. And reading and work and thinking. Yeah. Which might have been maybe better done when I haven't had about 58 cocktails. Especially the ones that are like 46% yeah. alcohol percentage. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it'll only make it more fun. Yeah. Just be prepared for every single answer to be sausage. Give me a noun. Sausage. Give me a verb. Sausage. Occasionally try and change it up. Yeah, I'll change it up a bit. Cocktail sausages. <laughs> Salami. Hot dogs. Brilliant. So, Mad Libs, part four. Everyone knows how it works by now. It's the game where I'll ask Ian to come up with silly, random words like nouns, verbs, adjectives and more. I'll fill these words into blank spaces in a short dialogue scene. The twist is that the story will remain a mystery to Ian until the very moment when we both act out said dialogue and perform an exciting and dramatic Mad lib scene together. Oh, yeah. So are you ready for another one, Ian? Half and half. All right, okay. What bother then? Like, really want to, but feel I'm too drunk to actually be able to follow through. But yeah, let's do it. It's, it's kind of like sex with my wife. Like I really want, I really want to do it, but she's caught me at a bad time. Like eighteen pints deep, I'll give it a go. Again, fair enough. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not follow through, <laughs> and do not come in me. 
Was that a request to me? Or was this you reenacting with your wife? Bit of both, mate. All right, fair enough. It works for all, all occasions. Oh, I'm really sad now. So, Ian, aside from that, are you ready? Can't wait. Let's get going! Okay, Ian. Hit me. Can you give me a an item of clothing? Strap on. <laughs> <laughs> what did oh you expect? God. Oh, God. A, an actual item of clothing you could buy. <laughs> I've bought, bought several strap-ons, Jordan. <laughs> let's say from Matalan. <laughs> Candle. Oh, God. I suppose well, you could wear it to some degree. I suppose. <laughs> um, trousers. Is that all right for you? Is that, does that fit your bill, Jordan? Trousers. trousers. Works for me. It's not going to be funny, though, is it? Oh, Bill took off his trousers. You don't know what the context is yet. Okay, fair enough. We go with trousers. Go, go, okay. go with trousers. I mean, I'd prefer strap-on, but... Give me a silly random word. Um, does it have to be a sensical word? Just or can I make it up? Silly, whatever. Filberstick. <laughs> Filberstick. Filberstick. Excellent. Naturally. An amount of time. 47 days. Give me a, a UK event day. Like bonfire night or something. Halloween, as it has just been. That's very rhymey of you. A kid punched me in the spleen. <laughs> You're not writing a song now. I said, I said, why are you so mean? <laughs> he said, give me a bean. I said, you're fucking keen. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking human rhyme zone. <laughs> uh, give me an adjective. Stinky. Excellent. Uh, a plural type of animal. Squonks. <laughs> Give me a verb ending in ing. Strutting. Nice. Give me a random body part. Strap on. That's not a body part. <laughs> it is when my wife wears it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Tongue. Tongue. I love how you're showing me and waggling yours. Okay, brilliant. This thing, Jordan. Just keep doing that. I'll stand a bit closer. Uh, a random number between, say, 1 and 50. 7. 7. Give me a verb. Exercising. Uh, a random article of clothing. Strap on. <laughs> Just let me have it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. A uh, jacket. A jacket. I mean, strap on or jacket. Fair enough. Strap it. Jack on. <laughs> Jack on is the opposite, isn't it? <laughs> Excellent. A city or town? Whitby. 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 Very appropriate. For last week's episode, people shagging aliens. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. All that fun stuff. A random celebrity. God, isn't that your job? That is true, yeah. Um, Sylvester Stallone. Brilliant. A song lyric. Oh, God. Don't look back in anger. <laughs> okay. I heard you say. Excellent. Love it. A profession. Bum doctor. Fucking <laughs> dick. <laughs> You know what, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> oh, this will be interesting. A type of event. <laughs> Bombfest 2023. <laughs> no, you have to go for an actual event. Leedsfest. Okay. An adjective. Crispy. Brilliant. A type of food. Sushi. Uh, a random exclamation. Bastard. <laughs> nice. And somewhere that you can spend money. The Red Light District. Excellent. Thank you for those, Ian. No worries. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, I was fucking born ready, Paul. Nice. Beginning scene. Welcome to my office. My name's Mr. Stephen Trousers. To what do I owe this pleasure? Hello, I'm Jeffrey Filberstick. Nice to meet you. Let's make this quick. 
I only have 47 days. I understand. This interview is for the special Halloween issue of University Newspaper. Oh, I see. Well, how can I be of assistance? Well, you are stinky to have amassed such an empire. To what do you owe your success? By following the same routine every morning. Waking up, brushing my teeth, and then strutting at the gym. <coughs> your company is involved primarily in agricultural projects. Feeding the world's squonks. Mm. With that kind of passion, I wonder if your tongue might be bigger than you let on. It's funny you say that. Some people say I don't have a tongue at all. I did some research on you, and I see that you used to work at the red light district. And <laughs> <laughs> that you were adopted at age seven. I had no idea anybody knew. You intrigue me, Mr. Filberstick. And when someone intrigues me, I exercise excessively. <laughs> My jacket is sweating. <laughs> so what are your plans when you graduate from university? I was planning on moving to Whitby with <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> the best part about having success is giving hard-working students like you a great piece of advice. Don't look back in anger. You're brilliant, Mr. Trousers. In your presence, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like a bum doctor at Leeds... <laughs> at Leeds Fest. <laughs> I've heard that before. I can see why you've got to where you are today. Thank you. Well, I hope you got everything you need. I did, truly. And whenever I have a great interview, I like to self celebrate by singing my favourite song, Crispy Sushi. Oh? Yes, it goes like this. I love crispy sushi. One time I ordered sushi. It wasn't crispy. I was sad. So I ordered some crispy sushi. And then I was happy. Bastard. <laughs> End scene. Beautiful. Another oh. fantastical Mad Libs. Well, hope you enjoy Whitby with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> He's a great lover and a fantastic provider. What else can I say? I'm sure. I'm sure he is. My favourite part of being with Sylvester Stallone is when he looks you dead in the eye and goes... <laughs> he has such a way with words. It's very poetic. It's when he looks all beat up. Yeah. Are you making love and you look back and he goes... <laughs> I think that means he's done. <laughs> you feel him slip out and just plong beside you. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, and then he has to run up some flights of stairs. <laughs> There's a little victory. <laughs> Starts playing his own theme tune. Starts drinking f***ing raw eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Beautiful. Brilliant. Well, does that about bring us round to the end of today's episode? I think it better had to. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Two Guys What's Up. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to us so you don't miss another episode. And maybe even tell a friend. Take your friend to your best friend's condo where he lives with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> and if you'd like to get in touch with us, our link tree link is in the bio of this episode, which you can click on and just be jetted off to all the links you will ever need for all your Two Guys What's Up needs. Want to see Jordan's nipples? Click the link! Want to grab a sweet Two Guys What's Up t-shirt? Click the link! Want to tell Jordan that he sounds like the guy from your dreams? Click that link. Yeah, please do. And don't forget, we now have a Patreon where you can find all of your Two Guys What's Up essential extras, including pin badges, shout-outs, Two Guys What's Up branded t-shirts, and if you really can't get enough of our fantastic tales and gorgeous voices, well, now you can get more because we even release bonus episodes which come out on the last Friday of every month. There's currently four sitting up there. Just waiting for your ears to just go and have a little gobble of that audio greatness. All available right now, starting with the bonus episodes for just £3 a month. So if you want to help support the show and get some cool stuff while you do it, head over to patreon.com forward slash two guys what's up to check out all the goodies over there. The link will, of course, be down below for your clickety click black spluggy boot pleasure. But if you can't, you still want to help us out, then a five star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app would go a long way to help us out, and we will be eternally grateful. We would indeed. But on that note, thanks for listening, guys. You have a fucking delicious week, me old pals, and we will see you next Monday. I'm just doing some disgusting ASMR right now. You never know. Some people might be really into it, and it might be a new Patreon tier. Four people just... (laughs) (laughs) That's not what you use it for. (laughs) Four people have just fallen asleep. (laughs) Um, It's not what we want. (laughs)